we would like to read two passages from the New Testament. And uh, you might like to follow them in your Bibles. The first comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. The first three verses from there. And the second one comes from Philippians, chapter 4, 4 to 9. Hebrews 12, 1 to verse 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. And Philippians 4 verse 4 through to 9 Rejoice in the, in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. May God bless his word. Amen. The year was 1985. There was a small church in the south of Europe, in a small country. About 70 people. Well, this church was not having a very easy time, as were many other people in the country who thought differently from the political regime people. It was going severe challenges. In the early days of this political regime, people were put in prison. They came out alive. And they said, God is good. God is faithful. He preserved our lives. Time passed by, but the situation didn't change very much. Oppressions in various forms were taking place. Someone had even said that in 10 years' time, there will be no living Christian in that country. So, different techniques of destruction, distortion, and 
oppression were used to put people who thought differently down. There were arrests, there were confiscation of Christian literature, but they didn't succeed. Years passed by, and that little church was still there. So they were restricted of doing a lot of things. One of the things was not to meet anywhere else except in that little building. So in a strange way, that little building that they had became their refuge place. But then one day, a strange-looking man came. He was tall. I'll call him Mr. M. His uh, face projected severity. His eyes were sad, empty, determined. So Mr. M came to one of the services and he just interrupted the service and he stood up and he stood behind the pulpit and he showed a piece of paper which was apparently a document from that political people in this country and this city and he said, from now on I'm the new pastor of this church and whatever happens will go through me. So the church lost even that little thing that they had and that little place they had for meetings. It's not a fairy tale. (laughs) And some of you know that story very well. And some of you have heard it before, and some of you will remember the first time Teddy and I were introduced to the church, and uh, we actually acted that out. Well, I was there, and I was just a teenager, just um, a child maybe. And uh, it wasn't, I was, I was scared. I didn't know what to make out of that. And what I couldn't realize was the peace in the hearts of these people. They not just continued. They left the building, started meeting illegally, but they planned missions in the middle of all that. And they started going to all these places, were Roma places outside of the city of Sofia, where there were people who were themselves rejected by the government and preaching to the Roma people, to the gypsy people, who were the only people actually open to the gospel. I was really amazed, and I thought, are they not stupid? Do they not realize what really is happening? It's much easier to quit. But they continued, and there was something inside them. There was something that kept them going. There was something that kept that peace inside. And what we read in Philippians, that peace that surpasses all understanding and that joy that remains despite every circumstance. Um, I I was asking myself, what is it? What is it that they have that Mm. I don't have? Quite a few of us young people became Christians as a result of that, not because we were surprised by what happened in, with our church, but, but because we were surprised the way our parents and the people in the church reacted. And I realized that it was something that they were hanging on to. And actually, it was someone <laughs> that they were hanging on to. And uh, that someone was capable of inspiring, and that someone was capable of inspiring them to the extent that they were able to inspire us and to carry on despite all circumstances. God was the someone. God was the someone who inspired these people at that time. So God 
And that is the very first thing we'd like to share with you. God inspires people through his presence. Yeah, the presence of God. Two wonderful passages of the scriptures were read before us a moment ago. We don't have time to explore them at, at length and depth, but just to pick up a few clear points that are encouraging for us today, that speak about the richness that we find in those passages. Hebrews 12, to looking to Jesus, or in other translations, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Live with the understanding of God's presence, and then Philippians, and rejoice. Rejoice because the Lord is near. Not only His coming is near in a physical way, so we can see Him in His second coming, but also He's always near, next to us, in us, in every circumstance of life. I know we're not saying new things, but just consider that for a moment. Have you wished at times that a certain person is there? Some of us have lost special relatives, and sometimes you cannot help it but think, oh, I wish she was there. Oh, I wish he was here with me. I wish at some point um, they can come with us and see some of the stuff that we see today. Um, this event would not have been much nicer, would have been much nicer if they were here. Uh, or um, sometimes we say, if he was doing this job, it would have been done so well, so much better. Have you ever come across the phrase virtue of presence? It's a strange statement. Let us explain what we mean by that. First of all, we are all created different. I don't know anyone here today that would try to argue against that. We're all different people, different characters. Even when we share similar background, we come out different because God has created us individuals with their own personalities. We're not at all like God. We could only be in one place at given time. You cannot be... Some people think they can be at many places at the same time. It never works. <laughs> you can only be in one place. We're not like God. But that place where we find ourselves being actually is influenced by our presence there. Have you, have you realized that? There is no place on earth on which you find yourself that you're not influencing the surrounding. For good or for bad. Let's be clear about it. Not everyone has good influence. We just prayed about the terrorists today. You know, that God would stop terrorism. But just, just think about it. We cannot bring more than we have to a place we visit. We can bring less than what we are, but we can't really outjump ourselves. So working on us, or should I say allowing God with his presence to work with us and, and on us and through us, is actually the best thing we can do on this earth so that our influence is then, is then spread. And this is true not only for us as human beings, it's true for churches as well. I was looking with Jeff's help at the little chart you have there at the beginning of this church, 1650. It's only 49 years after the first Baptist church was created in Amsterdam, in Holland. And you've been in this city for all these years, hundreds of years. Bristol would not have been the same if this church was not here. Do you realize that? And we are part of this church today, and Bristol is not indifferent to your presence and to our presence. Even when you walk in the rain. You still make a difference. <laughs> Have you heard this story about this pastor who was repairing something in, in his backyard? Uh, and he was hammering nails in and suddenly he realized there was a little boy watching him very carefully. 
So initially, the minister felt a little bit uncomfortable, and he, he thought the boy is going to go. He's going to get bored of not doing anything very funny. But the boy would stay there for a long time. An hour later, the minister decided, maybe this boy is trying to learn something from me. So very gently, he turned to the boy and said, Oh, my son, I'm so happy you're staying here for such a long time. Maybe you want to know how to hammer a nail. The boy looked at him and said, No, I just want to see what a pastor says when he hammers his finger. It's a joke, old joke that we all know, but think about it. The world is watching us. It starts with our children. Oh, how do they repeat our mistakes, don't they? They don't listen to what we tell them, but they do what we do. (laughs) Which I find very strange, but it happens. When we are present somewhere, that somewhere changes. And it is, to an extent, our choice. How would this somewhere change because of us? Presence is a virtue. God inspires us through his presence. And um, he, the Bible says that he is present. God Emmanuel, he's with us, God with us. Uh, someone has said that where God is, is not the same as to where God is not. Hmm. Where God is, is not the same as to where God is not. And we've seen many dark places in our country where you go and don't see very much of God there. And you want to bring God there. You want God to be present there. How wonderful when God is present somewhere. What does he bring with himself? If we elaborate more on that, there's so much to think about and there's so much to take in. A sovereign God, a God full of love, a God who is able to bring his joy, a God who is able to bring his peace. And that amazing statement in Philippians, that surpasses all understanding. It's not that it's so high that we cannot understand it, but it's so amazing that it's there when it doesn't have to be there, that is, which is there, that peace is there when there's every reason for it not to be there and every reason for that joy not to be there. But actually, that presence requires response. <laughs> God inspires us to his presence, but he requires response from us. Allow me to go back to our um, story in Bulgaria. You, some of you, most of you would know what happened. God answered our prayer. And we were so surprised he answered our prayer, <laughs> which was the prayer, God, please let this regime go away. God, please bring freedom. God, please change the circumstances. And God did. Oh, really? And by the way, thank you, God. <laughs> How surprised we are sometimes when God answers our prayers. And it's amazing. And he does. Well, we thought everything from now on will be wonderful. And you've been long enough with us to know that it wasn't. (laughs) New circumstances, new things came. We found out that there were 10 new gypsy Roma churches in addition. After we have been working in these places, we found out that so many other people have come to know God through that work. But then new challenges, new culture. How do you manage And it's a new thing for us now. We're moving into the new building as well. A new thing coming again and again, especially when you've lived in black and white all your life. We are still struggling with that 20 and more years after communism has gone away. Trying to get out of the box, trying to see color, trying to see changes, trying to see new opportunities. And one of the things we have had to remind ourselves again and again and again is God is present Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep following. Keep your eyes on Jesus. 
So, God is there to inspire us with his presence, but also he creates unforgettable memories through his presence. Do you have an unforgettable memory in your life? Don't share it. Not all the unforgettable memories are good, but let me just change that a bit. Is your memory a happy one or a sad one? Go back in time. Do you have an unforgettable memory with God? Probably most of us would list several of those. If we have time to just sit down here and listen to each other, we could be here forever. And everyone would bring up a few moments, a few events. Some people have called them unforgettable moments. Some have called them defining moments. After which your life is never the same. Later I'll share one of those in, in my own life. But Hebrews compares the life of faith to a race. Not a sprint. Mark was very good sprinting with his bicycle away. I tried to follow him. He was gracious enough to wait for me, just enough to reach him, and then we would go again, so I couldn't get my breath. But he is a very fast cycling person. I could not catch up with him. I was so happy Richard was not there when I did the cycling, because I would have been lost after those. So they would probably abandon me. So no, they would never do that. But quick people. However, cycling from Bristol to Sofia was a long thing. It was a marathon of cycling. It wasn't a race. And in order to complete a marathon, it requires endurance and persistence. Such a race needs sustained efforts. You plan it, but also in the middle of it, you feel like you'll never get to the end. You're too far from the beginning to go back, and you, the end is not in view. And at that time, you really need determination and faith. Well, when you talk about life, it's perseverance. Run with perseverance, says Hebrew. The race, the race that is set before you. Lay aside every weight. If anything is stopping you from running this race with perseverance in the presence of the Lord, what is it? Why is it there? How can we overcome it? Because, because God does inspire through his presence, but also he gives us these brief but powerful moments in which he makes himself known to us in a fantastic way. And then you're never the same. And you remember those moments for the rest of your life. They give you strength as you uh, raise this marathon of, of spiritual life. And by the way, rejoice while you're doing the marathon. <laughs> it's a race. Our Christian life is a race. Let me go back again to our story. And again, you have been there with us, so you know. It's been 12 years of building. Actually, maybe more. 13 years of building since we bought the land to that moment. And you, it, it has been... a a long race. Many people said, when they heard how big the project was, they said, oh, how interesting. Very ambitious. <laughs> Hope it all goes well for you. You believed with us <laughs> that it will happen. You were part of the vision along with us. But it took 12 years. And uh, many of you will remember moments when you get somewhere and you think you've done it. And then the next challenge comes. And then you go again, you fix your eyes on Jesus, and then you achieve the other thing, and another challenge comes. And you kind of think, well, God, I think that's enough now. <laughs> fix your eyes on Jesus, go again and again. Has this happened in, with you in your lives? I think it has. It's a race. It's a marathon. It takes a long time. And new challenges are coming. And we have to remind ourselves, God is present. 
We have to remind ourselves sometimes the unforgettable memories he's allowed us to create through our experience with him. It's a choice if we run the race, but it's a choice if we run the race with perseverance as well. And the other very important thing, being part of that marathon and running that race, is the fact that our race leaves a mark for the people after us. It depends how we matter, it matters how we run, it matters how we run that race. It matters the quality of running that race, and it's our choice. And the very third last thing we'd like to share with you is the fact that God inspires us for a purpose. God inspires us through his presence, through the experiences that we have with him, but he does it so that you and I can be people who inspire others. Hebrews says, do not grow weary or lose heart. Philippians says, keep on, keep on, keep on that good work. God has inspired each one of us for a purpose. 1993, I mean, it was a little baby. We went to Spurgeon's College and they sent us to a church in which we were supposed to be placed there to learn the ministry alongside your theological training. And the first time we entered that church, this was in the southern part of London at the area of Purley, we remembered an old couple came to meet us. Those were the first people that spoke to us. No one knew us. We were just sent there. The pastors were expecting us, but they were somewhere to the front. So we came from the back and this couple just spotted us. They were in their 80s in those days. And we still remember their names, David and Connie Wilmhurst. By the way, we heard that David passed away a few weeks ago, age 101. Now, this couple, they've been missionaries in India for I don't know how many years, maybe as many as 40 years, were the people looking out. Not that anyone employed them to do it, but looking out for new people. So they came around us, they started speaking to us, and they were so kind, so nice, very elderly couple. They immediately reminded us of another couple from our church, uh, Kina and, and Yosko Rangiwo, if you remember them. I mean, Kina was so fragile and she, she lived a long, long life, which was nice, but she would always welcome people, always embrace them. No age difference at all. Everyone was welcoming her arms. So these people kind of welcomed us there. And as younger people were coming for their worship uh, training and, uh, and rehearsals, they would wave at them. And this elderly couple would greet everyone and everyone loved them. And later we realized people were going to them for advice, for prayer. Just a chat, their home was always opened. What shall I say? Isn't it wonderful when this thing happens in a church? It speaks so much about the community itself. They were an inspiration to many people there. And we're sorry that they had to go to be with the Lord, but at 101, some people say it's time. <laughs> For us, it's time earlier, maybe. Didn't he? Inspiring others. Uh, well, you notice in Hebrews, there's an, a very interesting phrase there said by the author, and it says, A great cloud of witnesses. Well, I don't believe that this great cloud of witnesses are actually spectators watching our race. I don't think that the occupation of people who go before us into heaven uh, is to actually uh, stay and watch what we're doing. I don't think there's enough evidence for that in the Bible. I think they're witnesses of something much greater than that. And I think that they're witnesses of that faith that they have tested. The fact that they have believed in God, the miracles they've seen, the presence of God they have experienced, the unforgettable memories they've had with him. And we read about uh, Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Moses and Rahab in chapter 11, Hebrews. 
And then in 12, it says, you have in front of you this great cloud of witnesses, witnesses of this faith, witnesses of what God can do, witnesses of the promises of God fulfilled. Well, when Paul is uh, writing to the Philippians, he's actually experiencing some very harsh persecution. He's in prison. Mm. He's uh, threatened. He's got personal issues with people. And there's lots of difficulties there happening. But also, God gives us peaceful times. And I would never like for communism to come back, ever. And the peaceful times... Paul says, pray for them, and they're a blessing from God, and they're a good thing to have, and they are opportunities to inspire others even more, and we really should seize the day when there are these opportunities and when there are those peaceful times, because they are a gift from God. When we think about inspiring others, we always think about the pastors who would preach, and then you get inspired, and you go home and do something. That's part of it. But the much more important part is, is we being faithful in our daily life, in our practices, in our work. I mean, I'm, we're not saying anything new, but we've, we've tested it. It's fantastic. My life would not have been the same unless I met one person when I was 18. I was 18. He was probably 82 at the time. He was the last living pastor of our church before the communist time, the one that spent eight years in prison simply because he happened to be the pastor when the communists took over. He survived prison, came back home very sick. Um, you'll hear a little bit about, about him in, in a second from Didi, but I remember him in his deathbed. His name was Ivan, Pastor Ivan, and we have visited him as young people, trying to uh, encourage him in his last days in the little church he was kind of uh, forced to, to leave away from Sofia because of the communists. He was in his deathbed, and I, I was there complaining a little bit that I was 18. I had to go in the army, and I was a little bit concerned about it because people were not coming alive from the army. And I was a Christian, and they've already marked me. I couldn't go into the normal army. I had to go and work in a factory, and I didn't know what. It was a mess when you were 18. It's difficult to really get everything sorted out. So I was complaining about that and sharing this with him and saying, and by the way, the church in Sofia is being taken now. We have no place to worship. We meet in our homes. They come and arrest us from time to time. And the church, I don't know what's going to happen to this church in Sofia because he's been the minister receiving news from me. And this fragile old man, severely eaten by cancer, he actually died two weeks later or or there about uh, ten days later, found enough strength to sit in his bed without anybody's help. I said, listen to me, young man, listen to me. About the army thing, you'll be like a sheep among wolves, but don't forget, the shepherd will be with you. That's how much I want to tell you about the army thing. But going to the church, oh, let me tell you a story. When I was in prison, they beat me up so badly one evening, I couldn't recognize myself. I was bleeding all over, and I thought that was the end of my life. And they threw me in my cell, and I prayed the prayer of going. I prayed, Lord, take my life. I can't stand it anymore. And then in my prayer, I kind of said, Lord, and and they're going to kill your church. This is probably the end of your church in this country. And then lying on the floor, wet floor, blood all over the place, he says, I I realized there was someone in my cell. So I turned away and I saw a man sitting by the door of the cell. And I thought, oh God, they've now sent someone to spy on me. Even if I fall asleep or something and speak in my dreams, they can then report to the police what I've said. But then turning more, I realized it wasn't a man like that. This one was dressed in clean white clothes. And by the time I realized this was something very special, this man spoke to me. 
this old man is sitting, telling me the story. I'm listening with very wide eyes open. And he goes, and he told me, Ivan, the church belongs to me. Doesn't belong to you. I decide whether the church lives or dies. But you be faithful. Because here I am, I'm with you. And he says, the man disappeared. And I was so strong. I picked myself up. I started singing in the middle of the night. They came back for me. Took me out of the cell. Said, you cheater. We thought you were dying. Look at you. And they went on. And, and he spent eight years in prison. But he turns to me at the end and says, you don't worry about the church. <laughs> the church has someone to worry about her. It belongs to the Lord. But you be faithful. And he kind of lost his strength and went back. I would never forget that because this was a defining moment for me. An example to follow, but inspiration in a very key moment. I went on the army. It wasn't easy. Then, you know, some of the story and coming now to, to opening a new building and the church is still alive and growing. Praise the Lord. So it belongs to the Lord. It's a good thing to know. But being inspired by others because they've seen God's presence and have a defining moment themselves. Do share those moments. Do live them through because they're not just like that given to you. They're given for a purpose to inspire others. Do you remember Mr. M? We mentioned in the beginning. Uh, that same story, uh, Pastor Angulov, Ivan Angulov, he told to the young people of Sophia Baptist. And when Mr. M came and forcefully took over the church, it was a very painful moment for Ivan Angelov because Ivan, his race didn't finish with prison. He got out of prison. There were many years he served God. He continued to go with this marathon. And he was not allowed to live in Sofia, but he, lived, he was officially the pastor of the Sofia Baptist Church when Mr. M came and forcefully took over. So when we went to see him, we kind of felt a little bit like his heart was growing weary. And again, he told us the same story. I was part of that youth group. And telling us that story, it was like he needed to remind himself and remind us, hey, it's God's work. It's God's job. Mm. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep running the race. And remember that it's bigger than you. The world's much bigger in time and in space. But God is the same. Regimes go, change, Things are very different now, but God is the same. He is the one that keeps things. He's the mm. one that keeps us going. And it's, you know, we can't, mm. we can't know the answers of every problem and of every question. But we can hold on to God. We can keep our, fix, our eyes fixed on Jesus. And he'll help us through the race that we have to run in this life. May God bless us. Mm. Amen. Amen.